the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Monday the 23rd, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How was your weekend? It was really, really good. How about yours? It was good. Yeah, it was nice. I think we, I think we both got outside. out and enjoyed the outdoors. Yeah. yeah, I went to a little camping before it got too, too, too hot this weekend. And then when it got too, too hot, I uh, stayed inside. Just parked yourself, right? Yeah. Stayed in the air conditioning. Absolutely. We went kayaking. Ugh. So that was really nice. Sounds nice. Yeah. it was. And you can go right by your house. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything crazy. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, you know, this. I think this is my first time this season. My husband had been out one other time mm-hmm. and and oh we're, yeah we're, without you yeah right I, mm-hmm. okay we're not going to get started on that mm-hmm. and my resentment of that but <laughs> anyway um so we're, we're starting to see the same kind of cast of characters down yeah. the creek and and uh there's this group of kids with their mom and and my husband was a little bit heavy he says where's where's the water gun <laughs> the kid was like i don't have it today just it, apparently he'd been squirting people with wow. the, his water gun the previous um, which I think, if you're a kid, isn't that just fun? Absolutely. Well, it's a lot nicer <laughs> than what we used to do. We used to act like we were throwing fishing lines out at people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There was never, a, it was just a stick. It was, there was never anything like attached to it. No hook. But people think there was a hook flying out of it. I would totally think there was a hook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to mess with people sometimes, you know? Do you really? It's always a little bit more fun. At least anyway. you didn't get kicked out of a camping spot by a bunch, a group of uh, Girl Scouts. <laughs> that was a fun part of the weekend, that's for sure. Had no idea it was such a hassle to camp in literally the, the two spots on the entire Ceno Canal. It was such a hassle. <laughs> had no idea. I've lived, you know, 20 minutes away from uh-huh. it my entire life and had no idea. But didn't know you had to reserve a spot. Didn't know you had to pay. You it, figured it out though, right? Yeah, you after guys. the Girl Scouts pressured us out of the uh, pressured us out of their spot. I, I don't know. I, is that really even fair? if they reserved it? Is that really fair to say? Yeah, but they were they were nice, and I'm sure. I mean, they had a great weekend. The next morning it looked like they were um, getting ready to go on a nice hike. Mm-hmm. They all had they all had their own you know solo little tents, all like in a half oh, circle around. I the, guess that's uh, a thing. Like, main, oh, yeah. absolutely. You're you're building that skill of putting your tent up. But it was funny when we got there before the Girl Scouts got there to set up at what we thought was going to be our spot. Uh, like two spots down. So the Girl Scouts had like, I don't know, spot six and five or whatever, right? Um, and then spot seven, there was just this solo guy there. It was his little tent. He was just sitting there reading by the fire. Like he was having the start of a great weekend, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then the Girl Scouts, the girls were right next to him. And okay. then the camp or the Girl Scout like leaders or whatever were like the next thing over. So he was right next to this Girl Scouts troop. So it was funny because the next morning I was up with the dog pretty early uh-huh. and he was already gone. 
<laughs> he was out of there. So I wonder Daddy what. didn't get much sleep. Well, I feel like if I feel like if you're going to camp next to anybody at like a public campground, Girl Scouts troop would be the ones to be next to. Really? I feel like they're not going to be crazy. Oh, they're not going to be crazy, but but they don't. They're not going to sleep either. Yeah, but they're not going to be sitting oh, around with like see, a, a, a guitar by the campfire all night. Oh, you don't, you don't know how I had a, a a sleepover party for my daughter when she turned ten. And a bunch of her elementary school kids came, you know, friends came over, a bunch of girls. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, you know, they didn't sleep for hours. And this one girl that I'd known for a while, she says, you don't know me. I've, I've, I'm spunky, she said. I'm spunky. She's like, I'm not going to I'm sleep. spunky. That's what I should have on a business card they on were the all, back of it. all laid out like a Civil War infirmary, just in their little sleeping bags. And, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, and they... There was not a lot of sleep that happened. I know no. I didn't get a lot of sleep. I didn't either, thanks to the dog. But <laughs> luckily, uh, well, go figure. Uh, any surprise here to anybody that knows me, I was about 80% prepared for just a one-night uh-huh. sleeping sleep camp trip thing. Uh, figured, like, yeah, I'll be down by the river. There's going to be plenty of wood around to like make a fire. No, there wasn't. And like you can't be tearing down trees or anything on the canal uh, there. Well, other people camp there. They probably had the same idea for like right. years. Well, and you'd think that there'd be a little stockpile somewhere. At the other sites, there's little stockpiles at the things that people mm-hmm. didn't use, whatever. But not at the one I was at. Thankfully, I had one of the fire starter logs. <laughs> that <laughs> and about six sticks and uh, some cardboard. It actually gave me like a viable fire for a couple hours, oh, like two and a half hours. And that was all I needed till it was dark and ready to go to sleep. I was going to say, your dog didn't eat all the sticks? Uh, he tried to, and I had to almost pull him out of the fire like three different times. <laughs> it was awful. What are you doing with my sticks, dad? Crazy. He would just be staring at him and he'd stick his paw into the fire. I'm like, what are you that doing? That is not a good idea. I was just let him do it. But regardless, it was a good weekend. Good. It was a good weekend. And Friday, uh, we were able to chat with former shepherd uh, guard abby beeman uh because if you remember a couple of weeks ago she was on uh, with parker and i talking about her you know she was kind of sticking her feet out into the uh, transfer portal seeing mm-hmm. what offers were out there and then finding out there were a ton of offers and a ton of interest and she made a decision uh on friday so well i don't know if it was on friday but it, it was released on friday uh, by the school she's going to we were able to pick it up quick thanks to parker and we were able to chat with her and get it out there we have time to play it now oh think? sure absolutely so here was uh, parker and i's conversation with former shepherd guard abby beeman we're joined by shepherd guard abby beeman abby how you doing i'm doing good how are you guys doing oh, i'm doing, doing all right good. how's the uh how's the spring treating you you out of school com- like officially yet yeah, it's treating me pretty good. We're getting starting to get some good weather, so I'll take it. Well, uh, a lot of people that listen to WPM have definitely uh, heard your name a lot. I mean, you were, in my opinion, the best player in all of D2 women's basketball last year. But in a lot of other opinions, you were also, I mean, you made it so many lists and you got so many awards last year. don't have enough time uh, to go through them. But uh, there were some changes this past offseason. You know, Coach Eckleberry leaves, then some transfer portal stuff happened. And last time we talked to you, uh, you had a ton of... And I mean a ton of schools uh, kind of knocking down your door trying to get you to transfer. So uh, I guess before we get to the main topic of this conversation, what was the transfer portal situation like? So, yeah, you kind of hit on it. Like last time we talked, my email was constantly being blown up with, you know, a bunch of emails from different schools. Um, So overall, I'd say the process, it's very overwhelming and stressful. But at the same time, I kind of try to keep the mindset that – you know, a lot of people would kill to be in my shoes, so I take it that with a grain of salt and kind of just uh, try to find the best fit for me and just uh, 
you know, really weigh all my options and see what was best for me. So was it tough to try and kind of balance those, uh, you know, I guess, emotions? I mean, you have some ties with Shepard now. You know, you've played so well. You've been there for so long. You've made those relationships, things like that. Uh, but there is also that allure, you know, something a little nicer on the other side of the fence. So uh, what was that like, kind of trying to, you know, keep your emotions level, I guess? It was definitely tough. Um, the biggest decision I've ever had to make in my life. I mean, I'm 20 years old, so... I guess I'm not that old, but it easily is the biggest decision I've ever had to make for reasons that you just touched on. Um, I have lifelong friends at Shepherd. I've built so many connections with staff and professors and coaches. And, you know, so that was really tough every time, you know, I'd think about, you know, I might have to leave that. Um, but at the same time, I know that, you know, this is a great opportunity for me and um, the people that, you know, I'm close with. They'll be happy for me as long as I think that's the best decision. And uh, I just kind of had to keep that in the forefront that, you know, I'm not going to make everybody happy with this decision, but the people who are in my circle and the people that I'm really close with, they're going to be happy for me regardless. And I'm going to stay in touch with those people. And I'm so grateful for my time at Shepherd, And I have no bad things to say about it there. And that, that's kind of the tough part is I didn't really leave on a bad note. Um, just some things unfolded that, I couldn't have predicted and uh, kind of turned out that way. But, yeah, it's definitely the tough part is leaving behind, you know, people I've made very close friendships with. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Now, we're kind of talking in past tense already here. And if you've been on Twitter uh, at all, you've probably already seen the post. So uh, I'll let you break the news. It does seem like you are going to be leaving the Shepherd family, but you are going to definitely greener uh, horizons. Isn't that right? Yeah, so that is right. Um, I've briefly been on Twitter. I honestly didn't even know when the news was coming out. So, yeah, I am going to Marshall University next year, and I'm excited for it. But like I said, I'm very thankful for, you know, my years at Shepherd. They definitely – that's the reason why I have this opportunity, and I'm I'm not blind to that, and I, I'm completely aware of that, so – you know, I give Shepard a lot of credit for it, and I wouldn't get back and change it for anything. Yeah, Abby, so what led you to making that decision to eventually settle in on Marshall? Because like you've said, it definitely seems like it was a very tough decision for you to make, and it seemingly sounds like it was the hardest decision in your entire life to make from what you're making it out to be. So what led you to eventually choose Marshall and to make your way to Huntington next fall? So yeah, um, I already did say that it is definitely the biggest decision I've had to make thus far in my life. Honestly, when I went to the tra- transfer portal, I thought I would go to another D2. That was like my initial thoughts. I knew I'd probably have some D1 interest, but I didn't know how interested I would be in it because I'm really close to my family. And, you know, one thing I will say is I've definitely learned a lot throughout this process. I think it was around maybe a month that I've been in the transfer portal for. And and I've just learned so much about different situations throughout the process. So I thought I would go D2, and then, you know, D1's reached out, and it's kind of cool that it's in West Virginia. I'm proud of my home state and all, and all of that stuff. So, you know, I went on a visit, really connected with the coach and staff, and, you know, kind of the biggest thing for me was style of play and, and where I can fit in. I don't want to go anywhere and, and not have the opportunity to play. So that definitely became a big factor. And then once I realized that you know, that's possible at Marshall, I kind of said to myself that I couldn't pass up the opportunity to play against – you know, the best, some of the best college women's basketball players. Um, and I just kind of want to challenge myself more. I'm such a competitor and uh, just kind of, I feel like I'd always look back and wonder why uh, or if I could have played D1 yeah, if absolutely. I didn't um, take the opportunity. So that's kind of, you know, how I came about that decision going to Marshall. Definitely just a great opportunity that 
you know, I couldn't really see myself passing out. Yeah, I mean, we hate to see you go, but when D1s come calling, I mean, it's hard to uh, not answer that call. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's definitely a D1's a different animal, I'd say. Um, so. Hey, what do you what do you expect in uh, game change wise going uh, from high level D two being in the PSAC? I mean, goodness, uh, playing against Glenville, the eventual national champions. You're playing against really tough competition uh, in D two in general, and especially in this region. But uh, moving up D one level, what do you think is going to be the biggest difference for you? I think it's probably what anyone would say: um, the length. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm shorter. I guess I think my athleticism makes up for it, in my opinion. But there are like girls that average about probably like five nine five ten guards like nine in and nine out so that's definitely going to be a change for me in the game maybe a little faster but i mean you guys have seen me play and maybe some people who listen to this show i like to play fast so i don't think that'll be too much of an issue for me but I think just adjusting to the length and maybe trying different ways to get my shot off would be, you know, my biggest adjustment. So, yeah, Abby, the uh, Marshall, funny enough with them, they're actually moving conferences. They're going from Conference USA into the Sun Belt. So yeah. have you done any research yet on what you're going to expect from the Sun Belt Conference? You'll make your way kind of relatively close back over there. GMU's joining the Sun Belt as well coming this fall. So what what are you thinking about some of these teams? Because you'll be going all over the place. I think as far out as like Louisiana and mm-hmm. and Troy, I think think teams like that. So have you done any research on the Sun Belt yet? Uh, yeah, I have. You know, a little bit, of course. I want to know what, you know, what I'm getting myself into before I make such a big decision. So, yeah, you kind of touched on it. Uh, JMU is going to be in there too, so that's kind of close by. So I expect all the Shepherd fans to be at that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I know that it's a fast-paced conference, and for the most part, it's pretty wide open. And, um, you know, I think that Marshall will have a good chance to really compete and, and hopefully win it. That's obviously my goal uh, and help in whatever way I can to do that. So, you know, it's a fast-paced league and pretty wide open for the most part. And, you know, we'll be traveling. That'll be different for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I have done a little bit of research. Probably not, you know, super into depth yet, but no, you got um, time. Yeah, yeah, you I, I know time. the general. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking with former Shepherd guard Abby Beeman, future Marshall Thundering Herd uh, guard. Uh, Abby, congratulations. It's uh, I have to say it's going to be uh, it's tough already to know that you're leaving. It's going to be tough to walk into the Butcher Center for a basketball game and not see you out there uh, taking over things on the court. But, hey, uh, Marshall is such a great opportunity for you, and uh, we're excited to be able to follow uh, your path forward through the D1 ranks. Well, thank you guys so much. And I just reiterate how grateful I am for the people at Shepherd and the opportunity that it's given me. Um, so thankful for that. So, And it's people like you guys that make it so special there. So I, I just want to say thank you to you guys. Absolutely. Well, uh, Abby, thank you for joining us this morning, and good luck uh, down there in Huntington. And if you go down around, I don't know if you're into like paranormal stuff at all, but Point Pleasant's where uh, Mothman is. You might have to go look for that. All right. I might have to check that one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Abby, Beaman, thank you uh, for joining us this morning, and good luck down in Marshall. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and that was uh, me and Parker Stone chatting with Abby Beeman, the uh, newest addition to the Marshall Thundering Herd women's basketball team. Abby Beeman, very cool. Very, uh, I'm happy for. Her. Happy yeah. For her get that shot down there. It's gonna, it's gonna be different though when you guys crack open, open the mics and cover Shepherd. I mean, all of it's gonna be different. Yeah. All of it's gonna be different. Um, but very cool. I think that's a really good fit for her down there. She's and still, I know you'll be following her. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, she's still. In state, right? So I'm sure her parents and her family that were at every road and home game uh-huh. last year will be at every, uh, at least every home game down in Huntington. And um, I think that's a good fit for her. I'll be interested to see how she gets along down there. But I'm glad that uh, uh, she, you know, was able, because like I, was, like I said when I was talking to her, when a D1 wants you, might as well. 
Yeah, if the situation's right, if it all works out, if you feel good about it, uh, why not? But if you want to listen back to that conversation or if you missed any of it, you can find it over on our uh, WEPM Facebook and Twitter page. But we have to get to our first break of the hour. We'll be back for more Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Icewarner, alongside me is Marsha Kamalik. So uh, after the bottom of the hour break, we're going to have Delegate Paul Espinoza calling in from interims over in Morgantown. So that'll be kind of fun to hear you know, what they're experiencing as WVU kind of hosts them and uh, lets them know what's going on there. And then we're going to get them at Kikapen for an interim. That's right. Uh, in I think it's November. Soon, yeah. Yeah, so they'll be up here. Of course, you know, for, for Paul, that won't be, you know, anything, you know, different. But but for the rest of the lawmakers, that'll be really a cool yeah, Cool little showcase the for the Pan. Panhandle, yeah. Exactly. So um, speaking of the Panhandle, just got word from Harper's Ferry National Historical Park. They put a post out on their social media that says, quote, and don't kill the messenger here. <laughs> After reviewing and considering public comments and safety concerns, the National Park Service has permanently closed the 16 spaces at the Maryland Heights parking areas to ensure the safety of visitors, staff, local EMS personnel, and residents. On May 26th from 6 to 7, you're invited to attend a virtual meeting with NPS staff present uh, where they'll present a summary to the public of comments uh, received on the proposed closure and explain the management decision. Hmm. Uh, they have a link to that um, to that virtual meeting on that post. So, so it doesn't say on there why specifically. Well, they're they're saying for safety and yeah. all of that. And then Is it they because also, of the train bridge. It's there. Do you think? Um, or have you heard? Well, they mentioned the pedestrian footbridge, but yeah. um, you know, I'm sure if you tune into that meeting on the yeah. 26th. They'll lay out because they did get public comment on it. And probably a good bit of the commentary was like, uh, 16 parking spaces. That's tough. You know, people, mm-hmm. people really need a spot to park. So, um, I'm sure they'll, they'll make an explanation. As have, to, you ever, have you ever done that hike? No, I haven't either. I've heard, I've heard it's awful. Like it's pretty. Don't get me wrong. And the end result, the mm-hmm. end reward is pretty. Uh, but I, I hear the process getting up there is awful. And then wouldn't just you like to just up a straight wall. get right down to your parked car and get something out of your cooler? At, nope. Not, Sorry about it. Not happening. You're going all the way back into town. <laughs> You're going all the way back into Harpers Ferry for that one. Continue your hike. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have to do a panhandle live from top of Maryland Heights. Okay. Where are we parking? All you hear is, uh, <laughs> uh, Welcome. Welcome to Panhandle Live. Where, where are we parking for this? Where, do, where does the station van go? Oh, that's yeah. right. Never See? mind. Maybe not. Maybe. maybe we get the shuttle. Maybe someone drops us We'll just get a off. green screen in here and then... Pretend we're... Yeah, project a picture think, onto yeah. it. That would be good. I think people will see through that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, coming up here uh, after the break on Panhandle Live, we have Paul Espinosa joining in the show uh, to chat with us about what's going on. He's up in Morgantown, uh, like Marsha was saying, so we'll chat with him in just a second on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. 
Welcome back into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Tunnel, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandtunnel.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And joining us via phone, 66th District Delegate Paul Espinosa, and I believe he's calling from Morgantown. Welcome in. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. Good to be with you this morning. I am in Morgantown here where we're having legislative interims, so uh, good to be joining you this morning. Kind of fun to be on a field trip, right? <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, since my time in the legislature, I think on a few occasions we have had these uh, off-site uh, legislative interims. Of course, legislative interims uh, are meetings that the legislature typically has most every month when we're not in regular session, an opportun- opportunity to hear committee reports, uh, also discuss uh, potential legislation that um, may be introduced uh, during the next legislative session. So typically we do meet in Charleston, but uh, 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 we have on occasion gone around the state, and I I think it's uh, a nice activity to do uh, occasionally so that we can uh, see some areas of the state, uh, hear what's going on, uh, not only some of the, uh, the good things that are happening, but also being able to uh, hear directly from folks uh, regarding uh, uh, challenges that they're experiencing and, and, and how uh, potential legislation uh, might be able to assist with that. So apparently you guys got an earful from uh, WVU about deferred maintenance, and, and I'm sure you're getting other uh, information from the city of Morgantown and, and its environs. Uh, so it, are those things that you'll take back with you to subsequent meetings or to the special or to the regular session next year? Well, absolutely, and uh, you know, it's it's not just WVU. As WVU officials have made clear, it, it's certainly all of our higher education institutions certainly have deferred maintenance uh, that uh, they certainly would welcome assistance with. I know I've personally heard from Shepherd University officials, and uh, uh, I think uh, that there would be uh, you know a good support for using uh, particularly some of those ARPA dollars to try to fund uh, some of these infrastructure projects uh, that. Uh, you know, have been uh, deferred uh, for various reasons over the year. And so, uh, you know, I think it's good, though, to see firsthand, you know, what are some of the issues that they feel that they need to address and, and how that would help their mission in order to address those. So looking forward to participating in some tours today uh, here uh, at, uh, at WVU and, and also some tomorrow. And while they may be specific to WVU into the Morgantown area, I, I think it's uh, safe to say uh, other areas of the state uh, share similar type of concerns. So I think it will definitely help solidify what I think will probably be all, you know, already a reasonably good support for trying to take some of these one-time dollars and address one-time needs uh, that uh, will uh, assist our, our higher education institutions as well as our municipalities and counties uh, uh, with uh, projects that they just haven't been able to complete over the years. You mentioned that you're you're going on several tours, but there is the business of the inner meetings to, to have happened. So what, what will you guys be discussing when you meet as a body? Well, each of our uh, subject matter committees, our major subject matter committees, are hosting uh, interim meetings, and their chairs, uh, together with their staff, have put together agendas, our, our um uh, joint uh, finance committee, uh, you know, certainly we'll be hearing some uh, some updates on our budget situation. Uh, the good news is that we continue uh, to see our revenues outpacing uh, our projected budget, so that's certainly a good thing. Uh, certainly, uh, we'll be uh, continuing to look at, uh, not only during this interim, but some of our other interims as, 
you know, how to move forward uh, should voters approve the constitutional amendment that will be on the ballot uh, this fall that would empower the legislature to uh, implement tax reform uh, related to uh, property taxes, uh, uh, for example, being able to eliminate the uh, personal property tax on vehicles. I think that seems to be a very popular proposal, but it will require uh, that constitutional amendment to be adopted by voters this uh, this November. But I think what you're going to see is the legislature, you know, uh, beginning to roll up its sleeves and to start at least doing some of the preliminary work so that as our county officials uh, and our uh, public uh, education uh, officials, you know, uh, uh, ask us for a little more ideas to how we're going to do that and, and ensure that they continue to receive the uh, level of funding that they're currently receiving. Obviously, we want to try to get some of that work done so we can give them a little better idea of how we think that all that will work. So those are some of the type of things. This morning, Marsha actually had an opportunity to join a couple of my edu- uh, our education committee members in touring the West Virginia Academy, which, of course, is one of West Virginia's first public charter schools uh, located here in Morgantown and was really excited to be able to walk through uh, their facility, which essentially will be a temporary facility for at least the next couple of years. But uh, seeing uh, some of the construction, the renovation that's taking place in, in this uh, a previously um, uh, commercial uh, space, and uh, excited to hear that uh, despite some folks who have suggested that there's probably not much demand for public charter schools in West Virginia, they've already had 446 uh, uh, students uh, enroll for this fall's uh, uh, term. How so, many slots again, do they have? Is that is that at capacity? Yeah, I think it's getting pretty close there. I think they could probably certainly round it out a little bit. I, I think they mentioned that their capacity here at this particular facility is probably somewhere, you know, in the five to six hundred range, uh, as I recall, uh, give or take uh, a few. But uh, they they certainly feel like they they anticipate and, and they believe that they can accommodate additional students, uh, you know, as uh, enrollment continues here through uh, the next uh, the next month or so. And I know, uh, you know, separate of that, the the Hope Scholarship has uh, has had a lot of interest as well. There have been some private schools uh, ramping up their services and getting a lot of uh, interest. And and it should be mentioned that that forty three hundred dollars often doesn't cover a whole year's worth of tuition. But uh, what's your what's your feeling as far as what you guys have been seeing statewide with that? Well, uh, again, while I certainly recognize and have made it very clear that. Uh, I do recognize that the majority of uh, students will continue to attend our traditional public schools, and that we need to continue to um, uh, help ensure that uh, that those students receive uh, an excellent education. I just don't think that precludes us from offering additional options. And, and frankly, uh, Marsha, one of the things that I heard when, as an early advocate for public charter schools and uh, additional school choice like our Hope Scholarship was that, well, there's just no demand for that. You know, who's asking for this? And uh, based on everything that we've seen in other states, uh, 44 states in the District of Columbia that offer public charter schools, I think it was clear that, you know, our parents, uh, if provided uh, those type of options, you know, would welcome those options. And again, it's not for everyone, but uh, certainly uh, we should be able to provide options for students that, for whatever reasons, aren't well served in a traditional setting. And so, 
I think the fact that you had such a resounding response for our public charter school, uh, our, our, our early uh, ch- public, public charter schools, as well as the Hope Scholarship, I think that's a really an affirmation of what we were saying all along, is that if you provide these options, uh, pretty much uh, many of the same options that are prevalent around the country, our West Virginia families and students will will also, uh, you know, um, respond to those options. So, again, uh, certainly an affirmation and just really excited to uh, see uh, parents and students being able to choose options that they feel will better serve their students. And we're speaking with 66th District Delegate Paul Espinoza now. Uh, we're going to be having some of the, uh, you know, state capital brass up here at Cacapin <laughs> State Park here in the near future, aren't in we? In November, right? That's right. Uh, that will be our second off-site uh, uh, interims uh, this year. And uh, obviously really excited to get folks over to the Eastern Panhandle. Certainly a lot of uh, amenities to enjoy there at Cacapin State Park as the co-chair of the uh, joint uh, interim committee on parks, recreation, natural resources. Certainly, really excited to uh, have our legislators be able to see firsthand, as I and other members of the committee have been able to see the, some of the just the tremendous, beautiful renovations that have taken place there at Cacapin State Park, and just seeing you know what uh, what we're getting for those investments in our state parks uh, that we've made here over the last year or so. Uh, if you look at park uh, visitorship, I mean, it's just through the roof uh, over the last uh, year. And so uh, really excited to folks to be able to see that. But I, I feel uh, pretty confident that there'll be a few uh, off-site excursions so that folks can get over to other parts of Morgan County, uh, perhaps even Berkeley and Jefferson County, if not official excursions, even informal excursions off-site. And again, I think it's always helpful to, uh, for members just as we're able to see some of the uh, challenges that the Morgantown area is facing, uh, I think it'll be good for folks to better understand, you know, what are some of those challenges that we're facing. While we have good problems to have over in the, in the panhandle, mostly growth-oriented, uh, certainly it, it is helpful, I think, for folks to be able to, you know, hear firsthand uh, from, from folks in the community what are some of the challenges so that, you know, when we make the case for, you know, uh, locality pay or, or some kind of a housing allowance to help ensure that we have, you know, police officers and educators and, and other key roles filled. Uh, I think it will help them to see firsthand uh, some of what uh, we're experiencing here in the Eastern Panhandle. And of course, you could take a charter bus down to I-81 and just make a couple of loops and, and open their eyes that way, take them over to the ERJ and, and uh, let them talk to some of the corrections officers as well. I, I, I think that would be a great great idea. As a matter of fact, several of my colleagues from the Panhandle have suggested just that. And uh, uh, so I, I think uh, I think our folks will be creative. Uh, we do have a, a joint committee uh, that deals with uh, our correctional facilities. So certainly we'll be putting a bug in their ear to make sure they get over to uh, ERJ while they're in the area. And, uh, again, just see for themselves. You know, just uh, the numbers of of, uh, of of individuals in those facilities, and uh, uh, the real need to just make sure that we're you know fully complying with uh, you know the requirements to you know make sure those facilities you know, can safely uh, uh, accommodate those uh, those individuals, but also make sure that we're keeping our 
uh, correctional officers safe as well. So uh, I think all of those are great opportunities. So we'll all be putting in uh, some uh, some suggestions for what to see here in the area. And if you have suggestions, certainly pass those along as you talk to our legislators. Bring them by the bring them by the radio station. We'd love yeah. to have some of the committee uh, leaders up here and have them, you know, just chat chat with us and introduce themselves to our listeners as well. I think that might be fun for them too. Well, uh, certainly maybe an opportunity for a remote. I'm sure uh, and uh, Eli, our, our communications uh, director, and Jackie Bland from the Senate, uh, they'd be more than happy to facilitate a, a an on-site uh, remote uh, if, if that can work for you. So we'd love to see you up there. Perfect. Again, we've been speaking with 66th District Delegate Paul Espinoza. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Always appreciate the opportunity, folks. Uh, have a great day. You too. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, that was 66th District Delegate uh, Paul Espinoza jo- calling in from Morgantown, where they are on a uh, location legislative meeting up there, yeah, which we'll is always trip. cool. Yeah, it's cool to, <laughs> that they kind of filter around, like he was saying, to kind of see, you know, some of the, or at least hear some of the problems, maybe see some of the things that need to be fixed or worked on firsthand in some of these different places, or see what people, actually see what people are, you know, mm-hmm. talking about. So, and I, cool. I like the way he regionalized, he said, yeah, you know, they're talking about, you know, issues with deferred maintenance at WVU, that's pretty common in all higher yeah. education, including the the Panhandle, you know, Shepherd University, et cetera. So uh, it's interesting to see uh, what we have in common and maybe what, individual challenges each of these regions face. Absolutely. So if you missed any of that conversation with Delegate Espinoza, you can catch it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But we got to get to our last break, and we'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so that's Virginia and Maryland. Coming individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik, if you missed it, for the break. We had 66th District Delegate Paul Espinoza calling in from their uh, interim meetings up in Morgantown or over in Morgantown. Always interesting to hear uh, what they have going on, especially hear what Paul's got going on. If you missed that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. But we got all kinds of stuff happening uh, around the panhandle, Marsha. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, when when they're all done with their interim meetings, apparently some of our local delegation will be heading to Berkeley Springs. There is a a special hosted by the Berkeley Springs Morgan County Chamber of Commerce, a legislative forum Wednesday, bringing local delegates and senators uh, back to Morgan County at a buffet style dinner at the Country Inn. You can buy a ticket at Eventbrite or send an RSVP to Colin at chamber at berkeleysprings.com. The price of the ticket includes a buffet-style dinner from the Country Inn and a whole bunch of information from our local delegation. Absolutely. Pretty cool. That is really cool. Um, If you missed it last week, we ran a series of stories about uh, Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle uh, champion for youth honoree Michael Knoll and his story. Ran that on our Panhandle Spotlight over the uh, weekend. You can uh, grab that at our podcast from March 25th. The whole story is really fascinating. And then uh, 
of course, we, we talked, I, I had inner meetings on my list to, mm-hmm. too. We uh, obviously just talked to uh, Delegate Espinosa about that. And then uh, the sports combine is coming up in, uh, in June, like next, is it next week? Next week. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. June first, 8th. First weekend of June. Yes, I believe that's June 8th. Correct. Uh, it's not June 8th. Do you have it on your on I'll your have to account? find it real quick. I'll, I'll look here. Okay. Hang on. It's like one one day. It's coming up in June. June. Yeah, and we have uh, that stuff over on uh, our Facebook page. We've shared their posts from uh, the Berkeley County School System. They have that also on their uh, stuff as well. But speaking, well, it's happening at Spring Mills High School. Right. And uh, speaking of Spring Mills High School, the boys lacrosse team won the state championship. So congratulations uh, to the uh, Cardinals on winning their state championship. It's pretty cool. Lacrosse, Mm -hmm. getting big in uh, West Virginia, especially around here. Also, I know a lot of attention goes to some of the, you know, the the b-ball and football mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. but um, track season yeah. is is wrapping up at, uh, too, and uh, some records are falling. You know, I still follow Musselman track and field, and and uh, some of those kids are breaking records too. So, yeah, uh, all of our Eastern Panhandle teams are making us proud. Absolutely, and there's some big uh, Eastern Panhandle basketball coming up today. Hopefully, or base- baseball, right? Or yes, <laughs> basketball. There's always basketball coming up. It's just a little bit further away. Basketball season uh, doesn't seem to end. Yeah, I can be, see you'll why be waiting you'd in the parking that. lot for a while. You've been waiting in line for a while to get into the basketball game tonight. <laughs> uh, but there is a big baseball game tonight uh, between the Martinsburg Bulldogs and the Jefferson Cougars. It's at Jefferson. Uh, Six o'clock is game time. It's the Region Two Championship game one. Uh, fingers crossed it happens. Because uh, I know there is a ton of rain that's supposed to be coming really? uh, this afternoon. Yeah, it's supposed to start at, I think, around 2 o'clock is what everything's saying. Uh, and then pretty much not, yep, 2 o'clock is when we're supposed to get rain showers starting. And then that's not supposed to end until 2 o'clock tomorrow. Wow. So 2 And it's supposed tomorrow. to be a best of three or three game yeah, series? So, yep. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens today. But it is scheduled for today at 6 o'clock. I think me and Parker are going to head on over to that. Uh, catch a couple of innings of action, but big rivalry. Mm-hmm. Winner of this goes on to the state tournament, which you'll be able to hear uh, right here on WEPM and WCST uh, on the 25th when that gets started. So all kinds of stuff. I tell you what, if you are a sports fan, if you're a sports person, the Panhandle is where you want to be. And I think baseball's fun to listen to. Baseball is fun to listen on to on the radio. Absolutely, I think it's. I, I feel like baseball is one of those things where. It's like hockey, kind of. Mm-hmm. I think hockey's fun to listen to on the radio because it's, there's just so much happening. But like a lot of people think, you know, baseball's boring. But then you take them to a game, and then it's a little bit more fun. Type Crowd of thing. sounds, yeah, all of that. So yeah, it's like a, I think ba- I I have a hard time watching baseball on TV. Really, and I'm a baseball person. Yeah, I have to like be invested in it. I can't just watch a random game. Like if it's if the Nationals are on, I'll watch the whole game. But if mm-hmm. it's just like a game on ESPN on a you know Wednesday night. Nah, I'll watch a couple innings, but then I'll go do something else. Hmm. So, okay. yeah, well, but I'll you, listen to it, but I'll, I'll have a game on like the background all the time. Yeah, the beauty of radio baseball is that it, it can just be there and you can be doing all the other things that you need to do too. Like, I, you know, I listen to a lot of your play-by-play football mm-hmm. and basketball on my way to places, yep. you know, running errands and things. It's just kind of fun to have it in the background. Yeah, it was funny to uh, get your game <laughs> updates while you were listening to the games that I was at. Which were sometimes a little delayed because if I happened to be in Frederick or, or really far south and, and I couldn't get a good air signal, I'd just stream it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, like a, a bit of a half. minute. Yeah. yeah, a minute delay. So I'd, oh, yay, Abby. <laughs> it was like, you were on to the next play by yep. then. We were gone. We were on to the next one. It's like it always is. My goodness. 
Anyways, if you missed any of today's show, uh, we speaking of Abby, Abby Beeman, we were chatting or we listened back to Parker and I's uh, conversation with Abby at the end of last week, right after the news dropped that she is leaving Shepherd University and heading to Marshall University, which is super cool. I'm super excited for her. Uh, she's, you know, been so nice to us and chatting with us and giving us, you know, that inside information on some of that stuff. And I think she's going to have a very successful time uh, down in Huntington, that is for sure. We also spoke with 66th District Delegate Paul Espinoza. Uh, and then me and Marsha has been uh, catching up all, all kinds of stuff. Tomorrow, we're going to have uh, my dad on the show, mm-hmm. Marsha. little municipal stadium update that's right yep him and the uh, mayor of hagerstown are going to be in nice yep emily keller to talk about that new uh you know stadium that they're gonna be building i think it's like 80 million dollar stadium or something like that but i think that that really is going to be getting started like in earnest soon you spent a lot of your young adulthood in that stadium working for the sun's franchise so much and i was over at my parents last night and did you get anything uh yeah i think he got i think my dad got like a seat i don't know if he could i mean there were so many people that were i I was seeing pictures of people with pickup trucks just hauling loads and loads of like seats and all kinds of stuff out which uh i always thought was kind of which taking your childhood away i know it's gone i haven't driven i haven't even gone into that part of hagerstown yet i'm not sure i'd want to if i were you i think that would be really depressing until they get the the new stadium Mm -mm -mm. up but yeah, so they'll be on tomorrow to give us an update on all that, see what's going on. Uh, also have Bob O'Connor on talking mm-hmm. about Berkeley County 250, all kinds of stuff happening tomorrow on Panhandle Live. But for Marsh Kavalik, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. It's been Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a great Monday. We will talk to you tomorrow. Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.